0: There is
1: only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us.
0: Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue by the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Emily. What? What was the look? Because I've never seen somebody count like that.
0: Oh, or I counted down to talking?
1: Yeah, but you counted down in the weirdest way I've ever seen.
0: It was a normal way. Okay. 100% normal.
1: Anyway, today we're talking about...
0: Well, Buffy.
1: Weirdly, though.
0: (laughs) But this volume is referred to, or I guess titled, Wolves at the Gate.
1: But we start off with a one-shot called A Beautiful Sunset, just to make life more confusing. It is a
0: beautiful sunset. Might be at twilight, even.
1: Too much. Well, it is. Too many puns. I guess you haven't even started yet. I just know how many puns are in store for this whole thing.
0: I only have two jokes planned. Really? Do you want to break down some script notes? Maybe we can, you know, workshop a couple more.
1: No, it just reminds me of Pride and Prejudice, where they make fun of the ridiculous Mr. Collins for coming up with pre-planned compliments. Anyway, a beautiful sunset.
0: Anywho, we open our story with that one shot of the girl at the baseball plate from Season 7. We've already used it once in Season 8, so can we please get away from this little girl?
1: No, because it's like a metaphor for, I don't know, it's not a metaphor for anything. She's representative of strong young girls all over the place.
0: Look, it was a good shot, but at this point we've seen it thrice.
1: Ooh, I like the word thrice. And thus we continue on looking at how a bunch of slayers were called.
0: And we're going to start seeing our first red herring in here as well. So while we're seeing kind of flashbacks to everyone being called, we also see Caleb. Played by Nathan Fillion in the second to last episode, right before he's split in half. Yep. Quite literally. Yep. And we see what's going to be a reoccurring character. We've met her before as part of Andrew's squad. We see a Slayer named Simone. The one that I said had Quentin Quire hair.
1: Oh, right. It's
0: an X-Men thing.
1: Because I still didn't know what that was. That's right. We have seen her before.
0: Simone has got her own faction of Slayers and they are stealing guns. And ammo. Usually helps with the guns. It does, yeah. I guess, yeah, the guns would be pointless without the ammo.
1: But they've killed the guards who are there as well. And they're making no effort to hide from the security cameras. Basically, they've just gone rogue.
0: Simona's making the metal sign with her hand and sticking her tongue out to the security camera.
1: And Buffy just looks very sad.
0: Because Buffy, as you may remember, doesn't like guns as they have a tendency to kill her friends. Yeah. Fair reason, I suppose. I knew a guy once who was really against gun violence. His name was Hook. For real? Well, it's just what he called himself. He got his arm shot off when he was trying to rob a convenience store.
1: Why would you call yourself Hook?
0: He had a hook at the end of his plastic arm.
1: Well, no, I figured that much.
0: Kept his cigarettes in his shoulder. His plastic shoulder. I
1: guess it's like a pocket now.
0: He lived in a tent and dated a three-tooth hooker.
1: How did you know this individual? Worked with him. Well, then. Huh.
0: All of that's real, by the way.
1: (laughs) I know it is. I did not doubt that one bit.
0: How did I get on hook?
1: I have not had such a colorful work experience. He's dead now. Oh, how do you know that?
0: Um, all the smoking, I think.
1: Oh, is he really actually dead? Yeah, he's dead. That's so sad.
0: He's been dead a while, it's fine.
1: You just brought a level of sadness to this.
0: He's alive and well.
1: Better. Was it uncomfortable to live in a tent in the winter? Probably. I don't think you knew him as well as you could have.
0: I didn't work with him in the winter. It was
1: you could have been his friend.
0: It was a seasonal gig.
1: Oh no, I understood that part. But you should have been his friend.
0: No, yeah, you could he was. Have he was talked about. Guy. I don't know. He was an alright guy. It's fine. What
1: it was like to live in a tent in Maine in the winter. <laughs> Why not? Anyway, so Buffy. Wow, having... that
0: was a cool <laughs> quick turn off this episode. Back to Buffy. <laughs> Gun control. So
1: Buffy's having a little meltdown here with Xander and. She's like, and Willow's not talking to me, and everything's falling apart, and it's all my fault, and that it's because I decided to go steal things from the Nazis, and everything's falling apart now. To be
0: fair, if you're going to steal from someone, steal from a Nazi.
1: Yeah, I guess. Isn't that kind of the point of all of the Indiana Jones movies?
0: Well, I guess when she was stealing from them, they did not see it. Okay. Not planned, but first pun of the episode. Second pun of the episode. I'm losing count.
1: (laughs) And so...
0: <laughs> I like Nazi. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so Buffy's saying that everyone is around and they're all feeling this connection, all the other Slayers, to this like level of sisterhood, but she can't feel it.
1: That she's all by herself and she's feeling very lonely.
0: My God. Have we ever heard this diatribe from Buffy before?
1: Nope.
0: Yeah, definitely not like every other episode.
1: And so she goes off to Patrol. take on a nest of vampires and she brings along Satsu. Yep.
0: We've seen her a couple of times. She's Buffy took her in to go raid the military facility. She's been described as kind of Buffy's best fighter that she has.
1: Buffy keeps reiterating that here. She says, "You're my best fighter. You can lead this crew someday." And Satsu's like, "Are you leaving?" Which is a fair statement. If somebody keeps telling you like,
0: you "One day." This
1: very Mufasa-esque. Yeah. "One day this will all be yours."
0: Except for the things in shadows, because that's where the vampires live.
1: Underneath the elephant bones.
0: They could eat an elephant, I suppose.
1: Could they? I guess, why not?
0: I mean, Angel and Spike live on pig's blood. Yeah. Why not not elephant's blood?
1: Seems rather wasteful.
0: Sell the ivory, I guess.
1: Seems incredibly wasteful.
0: Well, if they're getting the blood and money for ivory.
1: They should eat a more sustainable meal.
0: Okay. A lot of blood, though. Probably. Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) But really thick skin.
0: Buffy tells Satsu that she's in terrible danger. We, I mean, we kind of spelled it out when it happened. But when Buffy had to be awoken by the kiss of true love, it was Satsu that kissed her, and Buffy knew because Satsu had cinnamon lip gloss.
1: And Buffy's like, so this is a problem for you, not because you're in love with me, but because people who are in love with me tend to have terrible things happen to them. She's like,
0: sometimes you'll go to a hell dimension, or sometimes you'll leave for a Central American country, or sometimes you'll die in a... Pillar of fire.
1: And then she's like, something's wrong with me or around me. And then she's like, I didn't mean to end up there. We always knew she was going to end up there.
0: She ends up there a lot. She
1: ends up there every time.
0: And while Buffy is shedding one solitary tear, she is thrown through a gravestone.
1: By a pair of boots.
0: Well, it's not a... Then we
1: see that it's Twilight. These
0: boots were not made for walking because Twilight, in fact, can fly.
1: Maybe they were made for walking, though. (laughs) As well. Then he's, like, multi-transportable.
0: He's like, you know what? I will save a lot of money by flying, less wear and tear. Good for him, though. Probably does hell on your shirt, though. Flying? Yeah. A lot of bugs, I'd imagine.
1: Ew. I never really considered that.
0: But Twilight arrives, and we have our first confrontation. And he goes, the chosen one. Always in pain and always complaining, just like a girl.
1: And then he breaks Satsu's sword in half and throws her through a gravestone and starts to fight with Buffy.
0: We haven't had a lot of hints to who Twilight is yet, but this is the first issue where we start to see some red herrings. So the first thing Buffy does is she goes for the circumcision move where she's going to slice Twilight in half from his balls to his face like she did with Caleb.
1: Was there really not a more elegant way of saying any of that?
0: I think I said it perfectly. And this is our first real hint, and so Buffy goes to do the split-in-half move, and Twilight goes, I know that move, Slayer. And at this point in time, and I'm just going to give, con- I'm not going to say who Twilight is, I'm just going to give context for how things happened at the time. So already in this issue, we've seen Caleb, we've seen this masculine character talking down to women very much in the Caleb fashion, and we have seen the balls-up shot So the only people who saw that specific move were Caleb, who received it, Spike, who was watching from a corner, and I guess Angel, who was face down in the dirt at the time.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. He was there.
0: Just face down.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: But because Angel after the fall was coming out at the exact same time, and as far as we knew when that series was coming out, it was happening in succession with Buffy, we didn't have a reason to believe that it wasn't... Falling in the same timeline. I counted Angel and Spike out. And at this point, I believe it's Caleb.
1: Because they're off doing adventures.
0: Angel's riding a dragon.
1: Spike is adventuring as well.
0: Spike's wearing a robe.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's a weird moment for him.
0: And the only one left is Caleb, and this individual is covering their face. And if you were split in half, you might want to cover that.
1: Yeah, that's true. You'd be really ugly at that point. Yeah. And so... We find out that Twilight can fly. Well, he takes have... Buffy on a ride. We already
0: knew that. Twilight just picks her up. He's like, here we go.
1: Yeah, but he does say, I watched you in the witch. It seemed that you didn't like flying. So he's somehow been keeping tabs on Buffy. Very unbeknownst to Buffy.
0: Yeah, she's not super thrilled about this. And he just mops the floor with her, flies her through a bunch of stuff. Throws the top of a church at her.
1: And that's another reason to think it might be Caleb. Because she says, go ahead, church me. Like, very.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of red herons for Caleb here. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of reasons to think that it might be Caleb.
0: Twilight mentions that the problem here is that there's a ton of Slayers now. And he just kind of tears Buffy down emotionally. He's like, for all these Slayers and all these girls, have you actually done anything positive in the world? And have any of these girls helped you? And then he flies off.
1: And we just find that somebody is talking off screen. Not off screen.
0: Off panel. Off
1: panel. Is that really a thing you can say? Yes. Okay. And the off-panel voice says, you didn't kill her. And we see that Twilight has his own font, so good for Twilight.
0: Very special. So I know that he has a funny voice. So that's also part of it. It's like, so Buffy's not going to know who this individual is because the voice is distorted in one form or another.
1: Right. And so it says... I love it. Or rather, Twilight says, that's been done to little effect. The trick is to strip her of her greatest armor, her moral certainty.
0: And then this... We didn't mention it. This issue is written by Joss Whedon, again by Georges Gentry, who still does a fantastic job. But this is probably the most Whedon moment of the entire thing. Twilight's talking to these generals and these demons. It just goes, However hapless she may be about her personal life, this girl has always firmly believed she was on the side of right. And if there's one thing I've learned about the Slayer, and Twilight goes to remove his mask.
1: And then you have to turn the page as well.
0: And scratches his neck and pulls the mask back down. Sorry, itchy neck. Where was I?
1: It was a very Joss moment.
0: Yeah, that's the most weeding of this episode issue thing. I was like, huh? who is it? Ah, uh, fake out. Scratch, it is. scratch.
1: It is. It's a very TV-esque fake out.
0: Yeah. Then we go back to the Moor. Third of Moor. Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. The Moor. Okay. But Buffy's been all patched up and she's talking to Xander about how she doesn't feel this connection. And he says, you know, it's probably because you have to stand above everyone. You have to lead everyone and you're not allowed to feel it. And she just goes, yay me.
1: Because she, as the one who has to lead them all, does not get to participate in any of the camaraderie or fun. Poor Buffy.
0: So now Buffy knows the big bad.
1: She still has no idea who he is. We don't have any idea who he is.
0: And... Then we get into the main story, Wolves at the Gate, written by Drew Goddard. He was a writer over on Buffy, if going off the top of my head. I think he came in in season six of Buffy. And then him and Joss went off, co-wrote Cabin of the Woods together. He directed that movie. And then he was the showrunner on Daredevil, got that ball a Until he left to go do the now defunct Sinister Six movie that isn't happening over at Sony. He also wrote Cloverfield.
1: You really are a walking version of Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, you just saw me do all that off the top of my head.
1: I know, it was very helpful. That's why I never look anything up anymore.
0: I'm an IMDB.
1: Most of the time.
0: Mostly. Mm-hmm. We open up with Xander and Renee on watch at the moor.
1: And the moon is giant, just so we're clear. It looks like the Death
0: Star. <laughs> and then Xander with his <laughs> eye patch. It's all very Star Wars-esque. Who an eye patch in Star Wars.
1: I don't know. It feels like somebody should. Does no one really have an eye patch? I'm
0: sure, someone does. It
1: feels like an eye patch type thing.
0: There are definitely no major characters with the eye patches.
1: Well, there you go. They should make one.
0: Oh, with good an eye patch. Disney, if you're listening,
1: dear Disney, I have a lot of ideas for you. Xander and Renee, they see some animals in the distance.
0: Some wolves at the gate.
1: But maybe they're panthers. They're not really sure.
0: The two of them are out there flirting, and it's still a little bit unspoken, and Xander mentions that it's a beautiful night, and who'd want to be alone on a night like this? And then here's something that got a lot of press at the <laughs> time.
1: And then we cut over to two girls in a bed. It's Buffy and Satsu.
0: Yeah, they had sex. There have been really two major events that happened within the Buffy comics. This is our first one where there was kind of a uproar of people going, I'll never read your stuff again! Like, how dare you? This is the first. Where, yeah, the two of them have sex. Well, this is post-coitus.
1: It feels a little surprising. It's also on a page turn.
0: Of course, it's a reveal.
1: Yeah, it feels a little surprising. Not terribly out of character. And we're going to do it more later.
0: When we're presented with it right up front, it is a little jarring. Just because we've had no indication the this would be something that Buffy would be okay with or that there was any interest for, but it's something that happened.
1: I mean, Buffy literally in the one shot that we read before this said something along the lines of, I'm not gay. And then this is the next issue that we see.
0: Well, she's still not gay.
1: No, but I mean, it's just, she was very much telling Satsu that nothing was going to happen. It will never happen. It'll never happen. And that... She really liked Satsu as a person, but she was just not into Satsu that way. And then you cut over to this.
0: I absolutely buy this and we'll get in, not yet, but we'll get into why I buy it later on. And then we cut over to just the best thing.
1: We have Andrew back.
0: And Willow is flying, holding Andrew. And Andrew being Andrew does the only thing that Andrew can do. And he wants her to do Superman dialogue. Like 1978 Richard Donner Superman dialogue.
1: And the best part is is that Andrew wants to be Lois. Andrew doesn't want to be Superman. Because
0: he's not the one flying. I just love it. He goes, and then I say, you've got me. Who's got you?
1: And poor Willow. (laughs) She just goes, I'm supposed to call you Miss.
0: Lois is fine. (laughs) I love it. I love that Andrew just goes and it's like, of course, that's exactly what Andrew would do. He would just start wanting to do Superman dialogue.
1: It's very charming. He's
0: getting flown out to Scotland and he sees that Dawn sleeps in a barn (laughs) because she's a giant.
1: Only when it looks like it might rain, which being Scotland means frequently.
0: Willow drops Andrew off and she is surrounded by mist and captured by a goth vampire.
1: Yeah, who came out of the mist. It's very confusing.
0: She has a fun hat.
1: The goth vampire, not Willow.
0: Sometimes Willow wears fun hats.
1: Yes, but in this panel it's not Willow.
0: All right, well there you go.
1: Unless you want to call the vampire her hat.
0: I I don't. That doesn't make any kind of sense. Well, this was on her head. And we get another quick interaction with Renee and Xander, and Xander finally asks her out on a date.
1: Oh, it's very charming.
0: And love is in the air. Renee is going to go on a date with Xander. Willow is with Andrew, which Willow is gay, and Andrew is definitely closeted. So no love there, I guess.
1: There's lots of brother-sister love.
0: Oh, fine.
1: They are nothing if not siblings.
0: I do like them together. I know. They're like best friends in real life.
1: That's the best. I like it when that happens.
0: Then we go back to Buffy and Satsu in bed, kind of discussing what this means.
1: And what's going to happen? Because Buffy's still the general here, and Satsu is still, while she is her second in command, she's still second and being commanded by Buffy in this army that Buffy's created. So Satsu's like, what? What is this actually going to be like now?
0: Satsu's also pretty understanding. She's like, look, I get that you're not gay and this isn't going to be a thing. She's like, no, I'm not, but this will just be a happy memory for me.
1: Yeah. She said, we'll leave it at, we had a wonderful night.
0: And we'll get more into it. I guess I can kind of say why I buy this now. Buffy has been alone for a long time and she's been sharing these feelings of like loneliness and just solitude. And there's someone who has... An interest in her and being with Satsu at least creates a temporary solace in that, that where Buffy has this evening of just letting go of control and not being in charge and letting someone who cares for her in. And I can buy that.
1: I can. I still find it a little more jarring than you
0: do. It's never really bugged me.
1: It doesn't bug me. Even just when not... it
0: came out, like it was kind of like, I don't think Buffy's it... gay. I don't even think Buffy's bi. It's just...
1: It doesn't feel shockingly out of character. Okay. It just didn't feel... It felt surprising mostly because of the one shot that came before it that was very much like, nothing's going to happen, Satsu. You're the best. You're going to lead someday. But there can't be anything between us. And then all of a sudden there is something between them. It's all very buffy how it's handled. Yeah,
0: like, I don't know. I look like at it more of just like, kind of this solace and this surrender of like not dealing with literally the weight of the world for...
1: Right, and part of it is that's that, how I take it. I can see it, and part of it is too that Buffy wants to keep it basically a secret from the rest of the castle.
0: And then the dominoes fall.
1: And then the dominoes start to fall. First, Xander pokes his head in to be like, "There's a wolf and/or panther situation that you that I should bring to your attention." And he stops in the middle of that and just sees is Buffy in shock and Satsu of
0: naked in bed. And I love. Because Xander only has one eye. When he goes to cover his eyes, he only has to do it with one hand. Renee walks in. She's like, should we sound the alarm? He's like, yeah, if there's an alarm for this, I, I guess we sound it.
1: And then Buffy's like, please shut the door. <laughs> but nobody shuts the door. Andrew instead comes in, who's still woozy and wearing a nightcap. I love it. He, he, and a nightshirt. He is precious. He
0: took a bunch of Dramamine. <laughs> he just walks in and goes, oh, hi, Buffy. Hi, nude Asian girl. Which is such an Andrew line. And then he
1: just goes, how much Dramamine did I take? Buffy keeps yelling at everybody to get out of my room. And then Dawn pokes her head up to the window and goes, Buffy, what are you doing? And then... (laughs) And he
0: loves Xander. He's like, you know what? This is clearly just a sex fantasy of mine. Give it a second. Willow will pop in.
1: And then Willow falls through the ceiling with a big crash. Willow's
0: more thrown through the ceiling.
1: And then Willow stops in the middle of her retelling. I think we're under attack. And then just goes, why are you naked in bed with Satsu?
0: Uh, poor Buffy.
1: I know, poor thing. But we find out what the wolf slash panther slash fog slash vampire situation is that's happening outside.
0: Slash swarm of bees.
1: Oh yeah, that's right, they can do that too.
0: There are all these vampires who are breaking into the armory to steal Buffy's scythe, the source of power for all the slayers that it made all of them be chosen.
1: Yeah, and basically the the fun part for the vampires is that they can turn into a mist whenever they want. And so they can go under doorways, they can escape, they can't be caught, basically.
0: And they escape with the scythe.
1: And Buffy is left there wondering what it's all about. And then she says they must know about the spell.
0: Buffy thinks that the vampires know a counter spell to undo what Willow did to bring all the slayers back to just regular humans. But they have all these weird powers that they've never seen before, except that one time they've seen those powers before.
1: And this was probably my favorite thing in the entire four issue run
0: was it xander's silly little helicopter
1: i did like his little helicopter xander
0: has a pilot's license now apparently
1: yeah it's more like a hella bubble doesn't really look like a helicopter and it's mostly glass how can he fly that can you get a pilot's license if you only have one eye
0: we should look into this what's the legality i'm not gonna look into it no i'm gonna say no
1: no i feel like you don't have a lot of depth perception then yeah i mean like i don't have very much depth perception
0: so this is a lie yeah. This whole helicopter panel is a lie.
1: <laughs> because everything else in Buffy is very, very true.
0: But Xander goes off to go find his old friend.
1: Dracula, who opens up the door and says, hello, manservant.
0: If we're going to do Dracula dialogue, got to do it with Lugosi.
1: Okay, fine, you do it.
0: Hang on, I go. Gotta...
1: Oh, sorry, you have to become I, Lugosi? Uh, I have
0: to find the character. Hang on. I never drink wine. It's not the voice.
1: No, it's not.
0: Children of the night. Better. Hello, manservant.
1: <laughs> Sanders just goes, hey, how's it going, master? Because remember that time that Vander was his manservant for like six months? That was charming. That was like my favorite thing from that book. And so we cut back to 15... I'm trying to
0: channel Lugosi, sorry.
1: I know. I know what you're doing. So I'll keep going.
0: <laughs> so at the beginning of part
1: two of this, cut back to...
0: I am Dracula. <laughs>
1: Thank you. We cut back to Dracula 15 minutes earlier, and he looks very different. He's an old man, he has long gray hair and a long gray beard, and he's saying, I'm so alone. Do you want to say that one in Dracula voice? Oh God,
0: it's so alone. I think That's I might... the
1: saddest. Not that the impression was that bad, it's just that was a very sad Dracula voice. Sad Dracula.
0: I think that was half Travolta.
1: Could be. But then again, I mix up the little girl from Aliens and Morgan Freeman with your impressions, so... What do I know? And so he has a we new... leave
0: tomorrow evening.
1: There it is. It's starting to come back. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I like that flick. I know. Remember when we went on in our horror film education course?
0: Oh, when we went to Salem and we walked through the horror museum. And I'm like, don't read the things. I can tell you about everything.
1: No, no. I meant before we went down to Salem and you had me watch all the horror movies.
0: All the Universal stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Golden Age, yo.
1: You like sat me down and you were like, so this instrumental horror film is about blah 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 blah
0: but we see that dracula is sat in a low in his castle but then he sees the helicopter approaching and he asks for his current servant to get his razor
1: his name is butterfield the current servant and he's a little purple man you didn't mention any of the good things <laughs>
0: with big yellow eyes
1: he's so cute
0: and Dracula, I love Dracula. He does a bunch of grandstanding. He's like, "I'm far too busy for you, man servants. Go away." Like, eh, okay, you know. Actually, you may enter. And then we start learning some fun backstory about Dracula.
1: We find out that Dracula is just a wee bit racist.
0: And by a wee bit, Dracula is super racist. I don't think it's got up in the show, but Renee's black.
1: Oh yeah, and it's just it's um.
0: What does he call her?
1: More, your more can wait out in the stables.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not great. And then, because well, this book also deals with Asian characters, we'll really get into the depths of Dracula's racism, which I find hilarious. And the reason that something like Dracula being racist is so funny is because he's such this regal, grandstanding character who seems larger than life, and they just has this massive, glaring character flaw that completely undermines all of that.
1: Yeah. The whole reason that Renee was sent along with Xander in the first place is because Dracula and Xander are, like, besties.
0: Dracula can put Xander under his thrall with his mind control powers.
1: But also they're just best friends.
0: Yeah, he likes that Xander taught him how to ride a motorbike.
1: Yeah, and I really like that when Andrew is telling us all of these fun facts about Dracula, he dresses up as Dracula, and as one of the Slayers points out, that he's wearing the replica George Hamilton outfit from Love at First Bite.
0: And Andrew, being Andrew, is like, it's not a replica, it's the real thing, and pulls out his certificate of authenticity.
1: And then the Slayer says in a whisper to her friend, I really don't need to see the COA.
0: And Andrew is giving a lesson on all of these vampire powers, which mostly he knows from watching the Universal Horror Cycle.
1: Weird. It's a good time. It's weird how all of your things come together.
0: I know, this really is my arc.
1: It really is all of your things. We find that... Buffy has located where our weird smoke vampires have been coming from. And they've been coming from Japan.
0: Specifically Tokyo.
1: Specifically Tokyo.
0: It's so weird how all those Japanese vampires are from Japan. Weird, right? Yeah.
1: So they've been asking around. They find out where they are. And Buffy says, we're on our way, basically.
0: Yeah, after talking to a slayer in Japan whose name is...
1: Aiko? Buffy starts to get her team moving. But they still can't get in contact with Xander, who is really the key to all of this, because they need Dracula's...
0: Dracula.
1: (laughs) They need Dracula's know-how to be able to get them out of this mess.
0: I never drink wine.
1: That's a lie, Dracula. We find that he, that Dracula and Xander are just having... Tea. Just a precious little moment between the two of them. They're giving each other compliments, saying how good each other looks... And Dracula's like, I really, I can't see myself in a mirror, so I don't really know what I look like still.
0: He's just couple. It's like, you've lost weight. It's like, really? I have been trying to exercise more.
1: It's precious. It really is. They are precious.
0: And Renee, she's like, you know what? We need to cut the crap. How do these other vampires have your powers? And Dracula's elephant He's like, that's preposterous. Like, no vampire has the power of Dracula.
1: He would never have sold his secrets to anybody else. There are no other vampires that could possibly come along and take these powers from him.
0: And he has the only reaction you could have at that moment of realization. A facepalm. With O-Balls.
1: Oh and then another wee bit
0: of... <laughs> Dracula racism? Our,
1: I guess another level of Dracula racism like, pops out. It's like, they
0: would happen to be Orientals, would they? First <laughs> we have
1: to go to Tokyo and catch up with our vampire friends who have tricked a slayer. That they know is watching them. So there's a Slayer who's on their tail. And they've tricked her. And they drop this little glowing red button. Kind of on the ground. And so our poor Slayer is in danger of the vampire's trap.
0: And Dracula decides he is going to gear up. And he will help Buffy and Xander in the cause. Because nobody steals from Dracula.
1: Better. You're getting better at it. The practice is good for you. And poor Dracula he suits up and we find out that he actually lost his secrets while gambling.
0: And he got drunk and just sold everything.
1: But he's pretty sure that he was cheated. But we're pretty sure he was just drunk. So Slayers fly off to Tokyo. But not
0: quite in time. Not
1: quite in time to save our fun Slayer friend who has been tailing these two vampires. She finds the red button. She picks it up. And it...
0: Zaps her powers away.
1: Yeah. It zaps her slayerness away. And thus she gets beaten up and killed by the evil vampire people with the scythe.
0: And Buffy lands in Tokyo and is greeted with a very kind welcome of a girl strung up on the side of a building with the the sentence, welcome to Tokyo, scrawled in her blood.
1: Yeah, it's not their best introduction anywhere. So Buffy brings back her body, and she's like, we have to do this. We have to figure this out.
0: And they meet up with Dracula, who's like, we will defeat them. But also, is anyone going to finish that girl over there? Because looking tasty.
1: Fresh meat. Dracula's like, we must plan for tomorrow. And somebody needs to get my coffin. It's almost time for night.
0: For tomorrow evening.
1: Buffy's like, yeah, it's actually only 8 p.m., so I think we're good
0: for right now. (laughs) Dracula also doesn't understand time zones.
1: Poor Dracula. He's just an old man. He's
0: so different than... He kind of looks like
1: Johnny Depp. A little bit, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's so different from the one episode he was in, but screw it, I love him like this.
1: Yeah, this is a way better Dracula. And so we find out that evil vampires have put a giant red button on top of a building. And thus, with that giant red button, when the power-up time happens, they'll be able to zap all of the powers from all of the Slayers all over the world at once.
0: So that's a bit of a bummer.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be great. But luckily, Buffy and friends are able to trap one of the vampires in this weird box that Willow makes for them.
0: So they use as bait. The vampire is about to attack. Willow traps him in a mystical box, dumps some gasoline in there. And they... lights him on fire. Yeah, well, they get the information and then light him on fire. And they walk away epically in a line.
1: They do, yeah. And they say, this is war. Just so we're clear... Between the burning box of vampire and the epic line that this is actually a war. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Super metal. As they're gearing up for battle, Renee and Xander share their first kiss.
1: And it's broken up by Dracula.
0: Yeah. Who's a little upset that Xander is kissing in front of him.
1: Meanwhile, uh, Buffy and Satsu are kind of on (laughs) the outs, given that Buffy is like, Satsu, you have to stay here at the safe house here in Tokyo. To keep everybody safe who's still here. And Satsu's like, No, you just don't want me to go with you. You don't trust me. And Buffy's like, No, I can't have anything happen to you.
0: And she just goes, Shut up.
1: And then Satsu comes with, him.
0: I'm going to do what I want.
1: Which is go with Buffy.
0: And they have a plan to take down the giant sky button.
1: <laughs> also, now it's a new name. I have no idea what it really is called. Giant but sky I like button. giant sky button.
0: And then, oh, this is one, the story gets good. Because we've had a missing main character through all of these Tokyo escapades, but a giant cast member
1: now she's back.
0: Willow teleports Donnen, who is a giant, essentially a giant monster in downtown Tokyo.
1: I've never seen that before. I have have you
0: once, twice, maybe twenty eight times
1: twenty eight there's seriously twenty eight of them, yeah, oh wow,
0: I haven't seen the new ones, so I think we're up to twenty nine Wow, not counting the American ones.
1: Wow. What a useless fact, but fun nonetheless. So Dawn comes crashing into Tokyo.
0: Roaring and destroying yelling about. buildings. She doesn't go through a pagoda, which she really should have if we're going to go this far with the Godzilla references.
1: But we do a lot of fun things.
0: Buffy goes to infiltrate the building that has all the vampires in it, where she sees the scythe. She's about to grab it when she finds it's a hologram. How do they project this hologram? I don't know. It's never actually addressed.
1: No. Willow's like, something's wrong. And then there's a bloody onomatopoeia noise. Of like... You missed the CK at the end. Okay. We see that one of the evil vampires has stabbed Renee through the spine with the scythe.
0: And through the heart. She is not coming back from that.
1: No. That made me sad.
0: I know, you were very upset about this. I was. Because if there's a rule of Buffy, it's that Xander cannot be happy.
1: And if there's a rule of most of my entertainment, I want it to be light and entertaining.
0: You watch so many baking shows. I do. So many light and fluffy cakes.
1: Uh, They're called sponges when you're British. <laughs> so you think about that for a while.
0: Um, I'll think about how they'll have to sponge up all of the blood that Renee just lost by getting stabbed to the heart.
1: But not with a Victoria sponge. Or a Genoese sponge. (laughs) Watched a lot of these recently.
0: Is that guy's name Paul Hollywood?
1: (laughs) Yes, and Mary Berry. I love her. I want to be Mary Berry when I grow up. (laughs) And then I like watching their cooking show, The Masterclass, because Mary Berry just bosses Paul Hollywood around.
0: Saves Paul Hollywood. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) And they make fun of his spiky hair.
0: You leave vertical hair out of this. We start the issue with Renee's inner monologue, and she knows that she's dying and she wants to tell Xander that she loves him, but she can't.
1: It's it's very sad. And the last thing that she sees is Xander's face.
0: Running towards her.
1: And it is really sad.
0: But then we get Dracula being awesome. Xander is distraught, just holding Renee's corpse, and Buffy demands that everyone forms a circle around him. And Dracula says, like, no, you need to go, and Buffy's like, I'm not leaving Xander. I won't leave him alone. Dracula goes vamp face and just yells, "He's not alone!" and starts kicking some ass.
1: Yeah, I am a big Dracula fan in this. Whole I'm a big Dracula fan too. Situation.
0: He talks a lot more than Christopher Lee, probably because he wasn't under contract.
1: Probably. Dracula really takes off and starts to fight everybody. Where Buffy jumps out the window to go get Willow. We find out that Willow is fighting their witch. And things are not looking good.
0: And we see that this witch is also a student of someone that we've only seen glimpses of. A naked snake lady.
1: Yes. Who knew that naked snake lady was actually something of a professor in her own right?
0: She's a McGonagall.
1: She's not McGonagall.
0: Sexy McGonagall.
1: No. She's not McGonagall. McGonagall would never do this. And so Buffy jumps out the window, grabs Willow...
0: Who turns the sidewalk into water, so they just splash about.
1: Yeah, because Buffy also kills the other witch on her way down. It's very helpful.
0: And Dawn is causing havoc until she is punched in the face.
1: And everybody's horrified by the sight of...
0: Mechadon!
1: And then one of the evil vampires just goes, Well, there's something you don't see every day.
0: There's a Mechadon. Who and has a
1: tail, by the way. We she, didn't deal with a tail She yet. has a
0: Godzilla tail. Yes. Dawn is fighting Mecha Dawn, but thankfully Andrew is in her earpiece. And he has some advice for her. <laughs> okay, Donnie, listen to me very carefully. Most mecha creatures are susceptible to forced attachment of the control center. As long as it doesn't have a backup brain in its neck, you should be able to defeat it through simple decapitation. Which is accurate to Godzilla's first two fight with Mecha Godzilla. First time Godzilla killed it by just twisting its head off, even though the head had spun around a bunch for this one attack it does. Weird. Doesn't make any sense. Then the second time Godzilla fought Mechagodzilla, he tried to do the same thing, but they had a backup brain inside of its neck.
1: I also like that we didn't deal with the fact that Mechadon has been saying things that Mechadon thinks that Dawn would say the whole time.
0: My name is Dawn. I am a teenage girl.
1: I like blue jeans and irony.
0: I often let boys take advantage of my weak emotional states.
1: I cry a lot.
0: <laughs> and Don's just talking to Andrew. She's like, "How do you know all this? Hi, have you met me? I've been preparing for this day my entire life."
1: And Don gets super mad at Mecha Don when she says the thing about uh Don's emotional states, and so she twists her head off.
0: It's effective.
1: It is effective. There is no secondary brain in the neck.
0: Thank God she didn't have to fight her a second time. It'd be a lot more difficult that go around. Yeah. So basically, these vampires tried to perform their spell to get rid of all of the Slayer's powers. But thank God we have a witch around, and the spell is reversed to take away all of the vampire's super duper Dracula powers.
1: Yep, the other vampires. Including are...
0: Dracula's Dracula powers.
1: Yeah. The other vampires are making fun of Dracula, saying, now you're just going to be like one of us again. You don't even remember. You're going to be such an old man. And Dracula's like, you don't even know what I was before. I was Dracula.
0: It gets super metal. Dracula chops off this one vampire's hand, and then he's just fully in shadow. The only thing that the light is touching are his eyes and the bloody sword that he's holding forward.
1: Yeah. And he goes, the vampire's the least of your concerns. It's the old man you have to worry about.
0: And then he does a guitar solo.
1: This is the same vampire, come to find out, who was the one who killed Renee? So he has been maimed by Dracula. And the vampire's like, you can't leave me like this. You owe me that honor.
0: And Dracula gives the sword to Xander, who doesn't say anything.
1: And just decapitates. He Ned Starks, this bitch. I guess. In my head, it was always a guillotine. I don't know why. It wasn't. I know.
0: So all the vampires run away with their leader killed.
1: And in another really dark moment, they're all running away, the vampires, and Buffy just goes, nobody gets out of here alive.
0: And they start a killing.
1: So we find out as well, Buffy and Satsu have another heart to heart. And Satsu's like, look, I can't fall out of love with you if you're still right there. And so I'm going to stay in Tokyo for a while. They need somebody here. They need somebody to train the girls. Their leader's
0: dead, and they need a leader. Yeah. The issue ends with Willow communicating with this Again, Naked Snake Lady, who we know nothing about at this point.
1: But she's very green.
0: She is very green. Buffy and Satsu have one more night together. And Xander is dumping out Renee's ashes.
1: Yeah. And thus ends this particular arc. We have the scythe back. Did we ever mention that? Buffy gets her scythe back. She does. And
0: her groove back. But that does it for wolves at the gate.
1: I liked it when dracula was there
0: i like godzilla references
1: we both liked pieces of this better than the others
0: but we'll be back next week when we go back to the future bye no i gotta plug
1: we have to plug where can you find us
0: (laughs) over at editorsnotecomics.com quite frankly i could stop plugging that that's really where everything is but more specifically you can find it also on facebook instagram twitter over on the YouTube page, and of course over at iTunes where the show is released, and other podcasting platforms I signed up for and don't remember what I did.
1: What about Patreon?
0: That's a thing. Patreon is a very important thing. If you want to get the show one week early, it'll be up one week in advance. On and
1: Patreon.com.
0: Slash editors, no comics. If you just can't wait to find out what happens next week, if you throw a buck away a month, you can get the show a week early every week.
1: That'd be fun. I wish I could do that.
0: You can give me a dollar.
1: That's okay. You have a puppy instead.
0: Yeah, yeah. He contributed a lot. He's asleep. Mm-hmm. But we'll be back next week. Enjoy yourself until then, I guess.
1: Bye.